weren't true. I'm a pretty good liar, as a matter of fact. I've been teaching some lessons that eternity-focused parents ought to build into their own children's lives. We talked about the fact that they fear God uh, and obey His commands in the first week. We talked about the fact that choices, all of their choices, have consequences. We talked about the fact that, uh, uh, that they ought to work hard. And we talked about the fact that pride uh, just destroys uh, a, a person's life. This morning what I want to do is I want to talk about the uh, lesson that God gives us in his word. Uh, and, and the lesson is this, lying is never right. No matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the situation is, no matter what the, uh, uh, how the impact for ourselves might be, lying is never right. You know, we lie, uh, interesting enough, uh, for, for a number of different reasons. Sometimes we lie uh, to cover up our own uh, faults. Sometimes we lie uh, to put somebody else down. Sometimes uh, we lie just to make ourselves look uh, good. Sometimes we lie uh, even uh, in the form of, of telling something about someone else that is not the total truth. Uh, we don't like to use the word gossip, but that's exactly what it is. Oftentimes we uh, share gossip in the form of a prayer request, don't we? Uh, would you pray for so-and-so about a certain uh, situation? This morning I want to talk about uh, lying and what the Bible has to say uh, about lying. You know, I think if we took a poll at Target uh, this morning, that most people that we would interview would agree that lying is wrong. Lying is wrong, especially when somebody is lying to us. But I think that most people at Target this morning, and most people even here this morning, would all have to agree we are pretty good liars. I'm not going to ask you when the last time uh, you told a lie, because I have a feeling uh, that if I ask you that question, it might cause you to lie just by asking you the question, because we are all such good liars. This morning I want to teach you from God's Word three different, very important lessons that eternity-focused parents need to teach their children or understand from God's Word about what the Scripture says about our children and about their propensity to lie. I want you to turn with me to the book of Proverbs, the sixth chapter, and Proverbs chapter 6, and there are about four or five verses that I want us to look at in that section of Scripture. While you're turning, I just want to share with you a couple of things. As you came in this morning, uh, you probably received uh, some information about our backpack ministry, and that's a great thing, and want you to bring in those items. That would be solid to do that. Also, perhaps you received or saw as you came in the door uh, the table that is describing our, our women's Christmas dinner coming up very, very soon, and ladies, you need to register for that uh, right away. As a matter of fact, if you could do that today, that would be very, very helpful. Okay, good enough for the commercials this morning. Let's get into this section of scripture. I got to tell you, as I was reading Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 through 19, at first as I was reading that section of scripture, I thought that God gave two statements about lying. He talks about uh, lying lips and he talks about false testimony, and I thought God hates, uh, and two of those statements. But in 
Number six, a false witness pours out lies. And number seven, a man who stirs up dissension among his brothers. Now I want us to look at this section of Scripture and other parts of Proverbs and other parts of the Bible, and I want us to see some lessons that God teaches eternity-focused disciples about their children and about their propensity to lying and what eternity-focused parents ought to do about it. Now, as I share this, I'm but I hope you are smart enough to realize that I'm talking to you and me too. Because the reason our children lie is what? Because we lie, all right? They learn it from us because we're dishonest in so many areas of our lives. Children become dishonest as well. And if you're saying, oh, no, as the day is long, uh, you know, honest Abe could be my name, uh, uh, the truth of the matter is there are areas that we find ourselves, uh, find it very to lie uh, no matter who we are. Number one, God teaches us why lying is so destructive to our children. He teaches us why lying is so destructive to our children. In these verses, we read that lying impacts every single area of our children's lives. Let's look what he says. You can write them down if you want to. I'll give you seven things that he says are destructive to your children. Number one, he says in verse 17 that lying blinds their eyes. Lying blinds their eyes. It says there are seven things, uh, six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Number one, he hates haughty eyes, our eyes that are filled with pride, our eyes that exalt themselves over everyone else, especially God. Now, in God's ninth commandment, if you remember the Ten Commandments, God only gave ten, and it's interesting to me that as he, as he was giving the Ten Commandments, and uh, he, he kind of boiled everything down uh, to just ten laws that he gave for the Jewish nation to, to be regulated by. The truth of the matter is, uh, every uh, modern nation today, in one way or another, points back to those uh, ten commands uh, as, as a basis out of which they build their legal system as well. We do, remember? Steal, uh, you know, don't murder. Those are laws that drive our nation as well. But ninth commandment, the next to the last one, is this. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Exodus chapter 20, verse 16. In other words, don't lie. Friends, when your children lie, they are essentially saying, I know more about lying than God does. And they're exalting their eyes above God's eyes. Because God says lying is wrong. You see, our eyes impact all that we are. The Bible says, and Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 through 23, he says the eye is the lamp of the body. And if your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. If your eyes are bad, your whole body will be filled with darkness. Parents, number one, when you allow your children to lie and get away with it, you are blinding their eyes to who God is. And you're causing them to think, you know, I'm God. I can make my own decisions, and I can determine when it's right to lie and not to lie. 
interesting question on the video, is it ever right to lie Ever times that you do lie? And the truth of the matter is, there are times that all of us say, yeah, according to the situation, it's good for me to lie. But the question is, does God say in the ninth commandment, oh, by the way, I don't want you to lie except for this and this and this. He doesn't say that. What does he say? He says, do not lie. As a matter of fact, in the New Testament, we learn that we should always say the truth in love. Number two, number one, it says lying binds, uh, binds blinds your children's eyes. Number two, lying corrupts their lips. Their eyes, their lips, number two, are impacted by lying. In chapter, uh, in, in verse 17, it says God, uh, some things that are detestable uh, to God, Number one, haughty eyes. Number two, a lying tongue. Now, let me ask you this question. Was your child born under God's provision? Did he want him to be a truth teller or a liar? Answer the question. Did God want him to tell the truth or tell lies? Well, obviously, God wants him to tell what? Say it out loud. The truth. God wants them to tell truth. Why? Because the Bible teaches us that we are all created in the image of God, right? And created in the image of God, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18, says that it is impossible for God to lie. So friends, God created all of us to be truth tellers. That's what he wants in our lives. But parent, every time you allow your child to lie, and get away with it, you are corrupting their God-given lips. And you're placing a lie in their lips and saying, that, that's okay, it's not so bad, I'm not going to punish you for that. And whenever you do that, you corrupt their lips. All right, let's review where we are so far. Line number one, say it out loud, does what? Blinds their eyes. Y'all are being real timid this morning. Lying does what? Blinds their eyes. Number two, lying does what? corrupts their speech or corrupts their lips. Number three, lying stains their hands. Lying stains their hands. It blinds their eyes, it corrupts their lips. Number three, it stains their hands. Literally, it stains their hands with innocent blood. Look what he says in verse 6, 16, 17. He said there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Number one, haughty eyes. Number two, lying lips. And number three, hands that shed innocent blood. You've all heard the statement, sticks and stones, they break my bones, but words, what? Is that true? No. Anyone that has ever been stung by vicious words understands that that statement is far from the truth. Words hurt. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18 says, reckless words pierce like a sword. Proverbs 25, verse 18 says, like a club, like a sword, like a sharp arrow is the man who gives false testimony against his fellow man. Proverbs 26, verse 17 says, a lying tongue hates those that it hurts. Friends, I want to tell you, parents, Anytime you allow your children to lie, by the way, anytime that you lie, anytime you allow your children to lie by bullying or ripping apart someone else, you are staining their hands with the blood of innocent people. I got to ask you the question, where do kids learn to bully? Where do kids learn to rip apart other people? 
Where do kids learn to tear down people? More than likely, they learn right at the dinner table. Has there ever been a time at your dinner table where uh, you had roast preacher for lunch? You know, where you ripped apart the preacher, what he has to say is too long-winded, you know. Uh, if we had a better preacher, da 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 Have you ever ripped apart anybody else in front of your children? Folks, I want to tell you something. Your kids pick up on things that you don't even know that they pick up on. You don't believe that? Ask them, all right? They get it. And you may whisper it, but your kids hear it. All right, let's go back now, review where we are. Line number one, what? Say it out loud. Blinds their eyes. Y'all talk loud to me, okay? Number two, lying what? Corrupts their lips, right? And line number three, what? Stains their what? Their hands. Stains their hands. All right, number four, lying hardens their heart. Lying hardens their heart. Are you noticing a progression through all the different body parts that he's talking about in this section of Scripture? Lying hardens the heart. It says that God hates six things. Seven things are detestable to him. Number one, haughty eyes. Two, a lying tongue. Three, hands that shed innocent blood. And four, a heart that devises wicked schemes. There is a connection between your children's mouth and their heart that cannot be broken. What they say connects to their heart. And they say what is actually in their heart, the Scripture says. And Proverbs chapter 26, verse 22 and 23 says, the words of a, of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down into a person's heart. And like a coating of glaze over earthenware are burning lips with an evil heart. There's a direct connection, as I said, uh, between your child's mouth and his heart. Jesus says, Luke chapter 4 and verse 45, or, or, uh, verse, uh, uh, chapter 6, verse 45, he says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Folks, every time you allow your child to lie and you don't do anything about it, you know what you're doing? You are hardening their heart. Hardening their heart against the Holy Spirit. Harden their heart against the principles of God. Harden their heart uh, uh, about speaking truth. And every time you harden their heart, it becomes just a little bit easier to lie. Remember where we are. Lying, number one, blinds their what? Their eyes. Number two, it corrupts their what? Their lips. Number three, it stains their what? Their hands. And number four, it hardens their what? Their heart. You got it. Number five, line directs their feet. Line directs their feet. That's what he says in verse 18, the middle part of verse 18. He says there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, number one. Lying tongue, number two. Uh, hands that shed innocent blood, number three. A heart that devises wicked schemes and feet that are quick to rush into evil. Their lies promote evil action. Proverbs 10, 19 says, when words are many, sin is not absent. But the person who holds his tongue is wise. Proverbs 11, verse 1 says, the Lord abhors dishonest scales. But accurate scales are his delight. Now, isn't that interesting? God abhors people that do dishonest business deals. Let me ask you a question. 
Where does a person first learn to do dishonest business deals? Someone tell me. From the first time they began to learn how to lie. You see what they say, and you may say, it's just a little white lie, it didn't really affect anybody, just a small thing. No, there are no small lies according to God. And the child that learns to lie and get away with it, and for you as a parent, when you allow your child to get away with it, you're literally paving a pathway to evil action. Now, I can't tell you where that ends up. How oftentimes do we deplore the line of politicians or, or people in the public arena? Uh, you know, how many times do we abhor liars in our workplaces or even our own lives? And you know where they all started? They all started somewhere where we were a little kid and we lied and we got away with it. And we continued to lie, and we got away with that. Lying directs their feet. Number six, lying trains their ears. This is an important one. It trains their ears. Now let's back up and and remember where we've come so far. Lying, number one, what does it do? Uh, It says it blinds their what? Their Their eyes. Number two, it corrupts their what? Their lips. Number three, it stains their hands. Number four, it hardens their hearts. Number five, it directs their feet, okay? It directs their feet. And uh, are we here at number six or did I, uh, uh, yeah, we're number six. Lion trains their ears. Lion trains their ears. Look what it says in verse 19. Uh, He says, there's six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him, haughty eyes, a lion tongue, hands that shed uh, innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, and a false witness who pours out lies. This was the point that I began realizing, and as I was studying, doing word studying this past the scripture, that all six of these things were related. Because as I read through and studied through so much else that the Bible says in the book of Proverbs about lying, I realized that our hands and our feet and our mind, uh, all of these body parts are connected to what we say with our lips. You see that over and over and over again. But it was here the, the training of their ears and the connection between a child's ears, what he hears and what he says, that really locked this down for me. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 25 says, A truthful witness saves lies, but a false witness is deceitful. Now, the word witness is a, is a uh, term that's used uh, in, in judicial practices in the courtroom. If we were called into the witness stand, we're standing, uh, sat down, we swear to tell the truth, hold truth, nothing but the truth, we are being a witness to what we saw. Maybe it's a traffic accident, maybe it's some kind of crime that we saw, but we're saying, I'm going to tell the truth as I know it uh, about, uh, uh, about uh, the incident I saw. Fascinating to me that during Jesus' trial, did you remember that the scripture says, that the Pharisees and the leaders of the Jewish community hired liars to come in and testify falsely about the things that Jesus had done. As I was thinking about this, and this was the connection where it began to make the connection with me, I began realizing that we don't witness in a courtroom every day. I've been called to jury duty a couple of times, but I've only been called as a witness uh, 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 just a very, very precious few times. I remember one time, and this was 
eons ago, I was called to witness for a young man in our church that uh, uh, his parents had said, he's gotten in his first grade. Would you come and tell the judge what a good kid he is? And so I went in juvenile court, and I did the thing, and, and I said, uh, judge, uh, he is a very, very good kid. He's in the youth group all the time. He's a nice kid, all that sort of thing. And uh, I sat down, and the judge said, uh, uh, Pastor, are you aware that da-da-da uh, on such and such a date did this? No, sir, I didn't know that. Did you know that on another date he did this? And another date he did this. And he went up through about six things and he looked over his glasses at me and he says, obviously, preacher, someone has not been totally honest with you, have they? But you know, we don't oftentimes witness in a courtroom. But we witness all the time about what we know to be the truth before other people all the time. The word or phrase truthful witness means someone who is telling firm and certain information about people. They only speak the truth about anyone in any situation. But a false witness who is deceitful is a person who deludes the truth or who only shares part of the truth. Now, we may not be uh, in, in uh, uh, the courtroom, uh, uh, judicial courtroom, but I want to tell you something. We're in a courtroom all the time. One of the things I do as I prepare every message, I have an application worksheet that I go through, and uh, one of the questions that it asked me uh, in that, I'm trying to figure out what God was saying to the original readers and what he wanted them to understand, but then there's always a question, how do my hearers compare to the original hearers? When I began thinking about this process of, of uh, uh, sharing information that isn't totally true, I realized that not only during uh, between the Bible times and today, but during my ministry in the last few years, there has been a massive shift in the, the issue of telling what we know to be half-truths uh, to people around us. I remember back during the day when the way to gossip it was always the, the line, man, uh, the, the telephone line, is a, you know, uh, the party line, uh, share gossip, da-da-da-da-da. Well, that's kind of gone the way of the, uh, the, you know, too slow now. How do we share information that we don't know is full information, but information we want the whole world to know? We share it so quickly with just a few taps on the keyboard, social media. Now, I want to tell you something. Parent, any time you allow your child to read information that's only half-truth or share information that's only half-truth, you are training their ears. Because, you see, the Bible teaches it's not just a sin to share gossip, it's a sin to listen to gossip. You know what the word gossip means? It means to whisper partial truth. Um, you know, we want to share juicy tidbits of information that we know about somebody, don't we? It's so easy to share. Somebody told me so-and-so. They told me not to tell anybody, but I know they wouldn't mind if I told you. You know, it is impossible just by definition to share with anybody else any kind of information and for them to get it in, in its entirety. Do you agree with that? Even if we tell them exactly the way we saw it, they don't know the circumstances. They don't know what led to that. 
They don't know what caused that person to do what they did. And as a matter of fact, as soon as you share it with one person, there is no way it'll go around the room and come back the same kind of information. You ever played that game? What was it called? Telephone? Is that what it was called? Telephone, share with one person, goes around the room by the time it gets back. You say, man, where did that come from? Well, the truth of the matter is, that is what false testimony is always about. And folks, anytime we allow our children to hear and then distribute false testimony, gossip, hearsay, folks, what we're doing is we are training their ears to hear more of that, to hear more of that. I used to have a work colleague, uh, Jamie Ward. He was a great uh, man uh, of integrity, and he was the greatest person I've ever heard, seen in my life, about warding off uh, uh, gossip. Somebody start telling uh, him anything, he would say, come out. Have you gone and told the person you're going to tell me about about what you want to tell me about? Have you gone to him in person and talked to that person or her in person and talked to that person and gotten their okay to share this information with somebody else? And if the answer to that was no, you know what he'd say? And be quiet. I don't want to hear anything you got to say. You see, lying does several things to your children. Number one, repeat it with me, lying blinds their what? Their eyes. Number two, it corrupts their what? Number three, it stains their what? Number four, it hardens their hearts. Number five, it directs their feet. And number six, it trains their ears. Last thing. In verse 19, the last part of verse 19, lying sets their minds. Lying sets their minds. In verse 19, oh, we got to, let's just go back and read the whole section again. It says, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Number one, haughty eyes. Number two, a lying tongue. Number three, hands that shed innocent blood. Number four, a heart that devises wicked schemes. Number five, feet that are quick to rush into evil. Number six, a false uh, witness who pours out lies. And number seven, a man who dissension among his brothers. You may be saying, what on earth does that have to do with lying? Everything. In, in the book of Luke, chapter 9, and verse 51, the scripture says, Jesus set his face on Jerusalem. He set his heart, he set his face, he set his mind on going to Jerusalem and dying on the cross. And nothing was going to stop him from going to Jerusalem and, uh, uh, and dying on the cross. Why? Because he set his face on his destination. Folks, I want to tell you, the Bible teaches that lying sets your child's face and their mind on their final eternal destination of hell. He says there, the Lord hates a person who stirs up dissension among brothers. You can leave Proverbs chapter 6 now. I want you to turn with me to the New Testament, the book of Galatians. I want you to find it there. Galatians chapter 5. I want you to see what the Apostle Paul has to say about a person that stirs up dissension among fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16, this is what it says. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you cannot do what you want. 
But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under law. Verse 19. Now the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. They're sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. We, we would agree that all of those things would show that a person has a sinful nature. But then he goes on, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, and dissensions, and factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. But I want you to notice the last phrase. He says, I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. In the book of, uh, uh, in the book of Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, says that all liars will find themselves in the lake of fire. Everybody, friends, including your child, is going to spend eternity either in heaven or in hell. There are no uh, other options. And we want to think that our kids, their default uh, destination is heaven. Oh, God's going to take everybody to heaven. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that most people will wind up in hell. You know why? Because they live according to their sinful nature. And part of that sinful nature is a person who stirs up dissension among fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Parents, whether you like it or not, I want you to understand that the Bible teaches you that whenever you allow your child to lie, you are setting their minds like flint on the destination of hell itself. That's the first lesson that we learn from this section of Scripture. It's by far the longest lesson that we learn that God teaches us, uh, you know, about lying your children and their lies. But there are a couple other lessons that I want to give you very, very quickly. Uh, lesson number two that God teaches is this. Why is it that our children lie so easily? Ever wondered that, why your child lies so easily? Well, I want you to understand two reasons. Number one, Satan's native language is lying. Satan's native language is lying. Take your Bible, turn with me in the New Testament, the Gospel of John, the 8th chapter. Fourth, fourth book of the New Testament, the Gospel of John, the 8th chapter. And I want you to notice this description of Satan. John chapter 8, and uh, verse, beginning with verse 43. John chapter 8, verse 43. He says, why is my language, Jesus is talking, he says, why is my language not clear to you? He says, because you are unable to hear what I say. He says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you, have, you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When Satan lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of all lies. Now there are some individuals here this morning that I know that are bilingual. A bilingual type of person is a person that can speak fluently two different languages. But you know, no matter how long you've spoken those two different languages, you always have a predominant language. You know what language that is? It was the language you were born speaking, all right? And that language that you were born speaking is your predominant language. And though you may learn four or five other languages, that is still your predominant language. You know why? Because that's the language you think in. A person that is bilingual, you know, and uh, can speak English and Spanish, doesn't kind of 
sometimes speak, uh, think in English and sometimes in Spanish, although they finally get to that point. But predominantly, they will think in their mother tongue, their native language. Folks, I want to explain it to you this way. Satan comes to us all the time and speaks words of temptation that sound so good to us. And he'll promise things that we'll say, oh man, that's got to be right. And he'll speak half-truths to us. uh, And he'll say, oh, that just resonates with me. But what I want you to understand is this. Satan's native language, no matter what he might say to you, is always lying. Always lying. And no matter what Satan might say, it is never more than a half-truth because his native language, what he always thinks, is lying. First reason why your kids are such good liars is because Satan's native language is lying. And number two, Satan wants lying to be your your child's native language too. Man, it is his greatest desire to change your child from a truth-teller to a lie-teller And he wants to do it just like that. You don't believe that? Turn with me. I I, I would like everybody to turn with me to the book of James and just hold it open because I'm going to have two, three remarks and come right back to it. Find at the end of your Bible the book of James. It's about the fifth book, I think, from the end of your Bible and the third chapter. I want us to look and see what it says about lying and about your child's tongue and how uh, he speaks and why he speaks the way he does. Go down, if you would, James chapter 3 and verse 3. Remember, hold your Bible open. It says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are large, they are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants them to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person and sets the whole person's life on fire. And it itself is set on fire by what? By hell. By hell. Why do your kids find it so easy to lie? Reason number one, Satan's native language is lying. Reason number two, Satan wants nothing more than your kids to lie. One last lesson I want to teach you this morning here in just the last closing two, three minutes is how the Bible teaches us how to train our children to uh, tell the truth. You know, the Bible says, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, we ought to train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he'll not depart from it. So how do we train up our children to tell the truth? Let me give you four uh, ideas. You probably have better ideas than me, uh, but these are four ideas uh, that perhaps might be helpful to, to you. Idea number one, to te- train up your child to tell the truth. Number one, you have to model truthfulness. You must model truthfulness. Now, I have a granddaughter, uh, Julie. She's seven uh, years old. She spent the last two nights with us. Her mom had her away for a weekend. Uh, she spent the last two nights with us. And I just got to tell you, when she was three to five years old, Julie really believed that tall people lived in lighthouses. She'd see a lighthouse, and I'd ask her, Julie, who lives in lighthouses? Tall people. Why? Because it's a tall building. Now, somebody told her that uh, tall people lived in lighthouses, and she believed that until she was about five years old. And her mom finally came and she said, 
uh, Poppy, Julie's really disappointed with you because she found out that tall people really don't live in, in, in lighthouses. Now, that's kind of funny, but the truth of the matter is we teach our kids to lie by our lies, don't we? We'll play together when I get home. I promise to be early. I'll be at your concert. Nothing could keep me from that. Mom and I just don't love each other anymore. Love you, but we don't love each other anymore. And so I'm moving on. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 says, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Parent, I've got to ask you the question, can your children follow you to Jesus in the way you teach them to tell the truth? Number one, you have to model truthfulness yourself. Number two, you have to help them translate truthful words into truthful action. 1 John chapter 4, verse 20 says, If somebody says, I love God, but hates his brother, he's a liar. If anyone who does not, uh, does not love his brother, whom he has seen, that person can't even love God, whom he's never, ever seen before. I'll give you two takeaways that you can hook into here uh, during Thanksgiving. During Thanksgiving, one's a very, very easy one. The other's a little bit more complicated, a little bit more uh, 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 demanding of you. The easy one is this. We want to uh, just be able to love on families uh, here within uh, our church and the community uh, at Thanksgiving by providing Thanksgiving meals. We're doing that through our small groups and our small group. My Thursday night, took up an offering uh, to be able to do that, uh, to be able to care for uh, the, the, the uh, 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 family food for Thanksgiving. We have a box as you come in the door. We have a box, and this is your last Sunday to do that. You can put a contribution in that, and all of that money will go in sharing a Christmas dinner with someone uh, man, who, who may not have it if we don't share that way. I would encourage you to do that. In other words, put your money where your mouth is. Another way, and this has been great for us, we've done it like three years, I think, uh, and that's by hosting AIT Soldier for Thanksgiving Day. It's the most fun thing uh, for Thanksgiving we've ever done to bring in a couple soldiers and have them sit around our table and uh, enjoy Christmas lunch, uh, Thanksgiving lunch with us. On the AIT table, as you go out on the right, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, military ministry table, as you go out on the right, there are AIT uh, uh, Adopt-A-Soldier forms there. You can just fill that in, uh, leave it on the table, and that would be fantastic if you'd do that. You've got to do that today, though. Today's the deadline to do that. Number one, you have to model truthfulness yourself. Number two, you have to help translate truthful words into truthful action. Number three, you have to punish lying. You have to punish lying. Remember the sermon that we taught a few weeks ago that I said choices have consequences? When your kid does the wrong thing, you had better punish them for it uh, appropriately. Because if you don't, if you don't, you've got a world of trouble on your hands. This is where it comes down to lying. If your child comes to you and tells the truth about something they did wrong, should they still be punished anyway? Nobody answers right off the bat. Yes. If they did wrong, they need to be punished. But what if they did wrong and they come to you and lie about it? Should the punishment be more? Absolutely. Because, folks, if you don't teach your children that lying is wrong, God will. God will. Either in this life or in the life to come. One last thing, you have to share the gospel with them. 
Because only good news can redeem a child or an adult's lying tongue. I ask you to leave James open and read what it says in verse 7 down to verse 10. It says, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no one can tame the, ta the tongue. No man can tame the tongue. It is a restless uh, evil full of deadly poison. Folks, I want to tell you something. No person can tame your tongue. There's not a person on earth that can tame your tongue. Only God can. And a tongue that is untamed and that is a lying tongue can only be redeemed through the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't know whether we have any former liars here that have overcome lying to a great extent, but the truth of the matter is, if that has happened, it's only because of the gospel of Jesus Christ impacting your life in a very real and solid way. This morning we're going to close out just by uh, singing a song, uh, praying. I'm going to be over at the cross, and uh, I would love to meet and, and pray with you. If you have uh, one or two things, either uh, a, a child that you are just struggling with them to tell the truth, I'd, I'd love to pray with you over there. Maybe an elder or two could join me. That would be fantastic. Uh, uh, or if you have a struggle with lying or telling the truth, I'd love to meet with you and uh, pray with you over that. I didn't mean you're the worst person in the world, the worst scumbag in the world. It just means you're admitting to sin, okay? Uh, by the way, I, 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 before I ask you to do anything, I have a problem lying, okay? I don't tell the truth all the time, okay? And, and I'm going to be there uh, asking God forgiveness for my lying. You just come and join me if you like to. Uh, I'd love to pray with you if you'd like to. If you want to become a Christian, meet me there, and I can share with you how that can be done. Let's pray together. Uh, worship team, come and uh, let's, uh, let's make a move if you want to. Father God, I thank you very much for uh, the truth that we have learned today. Your word is truth. You are truth. Everything we read there is truth. And Father, we know that every lie always has its origin in the pit of hell itself. Father, I just pray that you'll help us to uh, be a redeemed people, a people that uh, love you, and a people that just love to tell the truth in love. Now, Father, bless us as we depart this morning to be truth tellers and truth portrayers. And Father, I pray that you will help parents share the good news with their children, the good news that they can only find salvation through Jesus Christ, that their lying tongue can only be redeemed through him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.